Welcome everyone. This is the Good Samcast. I'm Pastor Scott and I have a special guest with me today. His name is Mr. Ron Oltmans and a lot of you know Ron, at least a lot of you who have been at our church, Good Samaritan Church here in Las Vegas or have watched us online maybe with what we call Good News at Noon from Good Sam on Facebook, have heard and or seen Mr. Ron Oltmans. And so, Ron, welcome. Great to have you with me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I should say with me, but with all of us who are all the people who are listening as well. It's a pleasure. So, uh, Ron, just so you know, um, this is not an experiment, but I did pick you first uh, to be the first interviewee, if you will, for the Good Sam cast, because we're working on recording messages and all of that. But I just want to thank you because I thought it would be good or interesting for people from our congregation and beyond to get to know you a little bit better and uh, you know and here are some of the things that we don't always have time to talk about even at noon on good news at noon but also obviously on Sunday morning too so thank you for being a willing uh, participant we'll see how it goes well actually <laughs> ladies and gentlemen he wasn't that willing I had to buy him lunch <laughs> that's true <laughs> So, so Ron, why don't we start, I mean, you've had a full life of, of lots of experiences, but uh, I want to focus mainly on kind of your musical background today, but before we even get to that, uh, tell the folks where you grew up and uh, maybe explain where that was for some of them who maybe didn't grow up in places like you and I did. I grew up in Nebraska, seven miles from a town of 200. Oh, so that was the big town. That was the, well, it wasn't the county seat. It was the <laughs> next thing, next thing to it. And on a farm, a diversified farm, not what? a large farm by North Dakota standards. But. Well, tell us what diversified meant, though. What did... uh, Okay, we had uh, alfalfa and wheat and oats and corn and barley and hogs and chickens and cows. All right. Now... <clears throat> You know, again, we're going to kind of focus on the musical aspect of you, but my guess is, is you got exposed to it early in life. My mother played just enough piano that we could gather around the piano and sing hymns. Cool. And uh, we were in church from, from um, as soon as we could remember and uh, learned a lot of hymns there, which the people who listen to good news are being bombarded with those old hymns these days. Yeah, but what I love about it is a lot of people haven't heard some of those hymns for a long time, and they really appreciate it when you share them. I, I grew up with a lot of the same songs, and, uh, you know, it, it's not, um, we don't always sing some of those songs here, uh, but I, I guess tastes or times have changed a little bit too, so I love it when you when you do that. So was it a the church you grew up in, was it a rural church? So out in the country? It was in the country, I think, probably seven or eight miles from the nearest town of 200. Wow. And uh, about three miles from our farm. So how many people would be there if, if you had to guess on a Sunday morning when you were a young boy? Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe 40 yeah. or 50 on a good day. That sounds kind of familiar to um, me. Everybody sits in the same place, right? Uh, they do, and in my younger years, the men would sit on one side and the women on the other. Wow. wow. Uh, which was, and then finally a young couple uh, sat together. Uh-oh. Which, uh, 
seemed to me to be really, really, really out there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> things kind of changed then after that. Yeah, times have changed, yes. haven't they? Yeah. We, we don't make people, the men sit on one side or the women here at Good Samaritan, but uh, that that's great. So, you know, may, maybe where did you, what happened once you got through high school? Where, where did you go to school? I went to a Lutheran junior college in Wahoo, Nebraska. What named? Uh, it was a Luther Junior College. Luther Junior? And it is not in existence anymore. You, I, you put them out of business? I think I pretty much did. <laughs> <laughs> it happened about that time. Okay. And uh, sang, in, sang in the little choir there and, uh, and kind of majored, if you can call a major, in two years in elementary music okay. or elementary education, I should say. Uh, was it from Luther Junior College that you ended up in the Air Force? No. No, okay, so no, get the, me to the Air Force. Okay, well, there was after Luther, there was a teaching in a rural school in western Nebraska. A really? school that had um, uh, grades one through eight. Are we talking a one-room school in rural? Or uh, no, it had a little gym in the basement, and it had uh, two classrooms. And in fact, the living quarters that uh, that I and my wife at that time lived in. Wow! And um, we had a band and a chorus and a football team, and uh, it was it was a place to find out what you really liked. Wow! And I ended up settling on music. Cool. Uh, then I went back to a senior college and and uh, graduated uh, from from college in in music education. All right. And so, which and, college was that? Well, I went to Nebraska State at Shadron first and then ended up at the University of North Dakota. Mm. And that's where I got my uh, undergraduate degree. And Which, by the way, was only 40 miles from where I grew up. That's so. right. And you would have been a tot at that time. <laughs> <laughs> a, t a tot no longer, though. Uh, wow, okay. So, you know, I, I know one of the things I've always found interesting, and, and, and I'm going to ask you to share a couple stories, was was it then from the University of North Dakota that you ended up in the Air Force? Yes. Okay. Uh, my major professor at the University of North Dakota knew Captain Landers, who was the director of the Singing Sergeants. They had been to some kind of music school together, some military music school or something, and uh, I think he gave him a call and he said, do you need a singer? And uh, Captain Landers, well, sent him down for an audition. And, and so where was that? Where was the audition? It was in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Um, I worked on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., and one of the great experiences I had, uh, I didn't make much money at that time, but almost every night, at least in the spring and the summer, it was either, it was one of the branches of the military where it was either a chorus like the Singing Sergeants or, or a band, the Marine Band or the Army Band, Absolutely phenomenal music, and uh, that that that's cool. So you auditioned for them. So that uh, help me understand. Did did you have to then enlist in the Air Force? Yes, you audition, and if you pass the audition, they say, okay, we accept you. Uh, go to your local recruiter <laughs> and sign up, and you have to go to basic training like everybody else for eight weeks. I believe it was at that time in San Antonio. Texas during a time when it was 90 to 100 degrees every day forever <laughs> and uh, uh, and exercise things outside were really fun and no air conditioning of course 
Uh, but I digress. Uh, then they gave you a guarantee that once you complete basic, you will not be thrown into the pot with everybody else. You're guaranteed to go to Washington right. and be in the singing group. All right. Well, that has to be some of a relief that you're going to basic oh. training. Oh, by the way, we changed our mind, oh. and now you're going to Vietnam and, or something. And, yeah. and the instructors didn't like us very much because they knew that we would be higher ranking than they were wow. in a short time wow. because because they took mostly people with with degrees who are not going to be officers. Wow. So they uh, increased our rank uh, rapidly and to make up for it. Great. Uh, Pastor Scott here again with Ron Oltman's. It's the Good Sam cast from Good Samaritan. And uh, we're going to continue in just a second. So Ron, you're, you get through basic training uh, you're done with those eight weeks, you said, and now you're in the singing sergeants. So what happens, and where did you go, and who did you sing for, and just tell, tell, tell us a couple stories. Well, you're, you're assigned then to Washington, D.C., because the singing sergeants is part of the Air Force Band, which also at that time included a bagpipe band and an orchestra hmm. and uh, strolling strings that performed at the White House all the time, and so on. Well, the first thing you had to do, you got a stack of music three inches deep and you had to start learning music because <laughs> it had to be memorized. And uh, then, you know, we just went where we had to go. Um, so were you living on base then? Yes, okay. to start with, I lived on base. I had two roommates. Uh, one of them was a copyist who did uh, music copying in the, that department. The other one was a trombone player in the band. Okay. And... Um, we, the three of us lived together for, for a while until eventually branching out and living in an apartment. So how much time went between getting the music and then doing the first concert, uh, if you will? Yeah, that's Roughly. really foggy to me, yep. but I, I think it had to be fairly quickly, a, okay. a week or two. Wow. But wow. if you have nothing else to do but learn music, <laughs> and then you go to rehearsal and, and like that, so it's not maybe as daunting. And, and it isn't as hard as it would be for me now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm amazed at what you can do now. So uh, those of you listening, I probably shouldn't say his age, but I have asked him before, so I'll ask him again. I won't say it. I'll make him say it. How old are you, Ron? 83. 83 years old, and he does rollerblading almost every day? Uh, about four or five days a week. Yeah, so this is one amazing guy. So so you you... Concerts now are they just in Washington or did you travel too? Okay, there were at that time there were two tours uh, a year, one in the fall, one in the spring, and uh, those of us who weren't married, of course, were first in line to to go on the tours because uh, the married guys weren't particularly crazy about being away from home that long, um, and the tours at that time lasted about six weeks. Okay, so uh, those would go. Uh, different parts of the United States. And during my time in, we also had a tour of Europe and a tour of South America. Wow, wow. Um, which sounds really great, and it was, uh, to have our expenses paid to, uh, to sing in places like Rio and uh, London and so on and so on. But uh, the tours were set up so that we were in one place for maybe one day. So, uh, you know, you're in places like I just mentioned for one day and the next day you're somewhere else. So you were there but you didn't get to see a lot. Not much, yeah, not yeah, much. Yeah. But still, yeah. yeah, what an experience. Uh, and then around the United States, obviously, right. as well, too. Now, I, 
I don't want this to be too much of a lead-in question because I know what I want you to say. So you know what, I'll just ask. You told me about singing in the White House for President Kennedy, I believe. Yes, sir. I, tell, tell the listeners uh, a little bit what you recall about I, that. I think it was about, uh, see, it had to be about my first, because I got in in 1961, so it had to be probably the, my first Christmas. We, wow. we sang at the White House for a Christmas, Christmas party with uh, President Kennedy and his wife. Um, and then skip years, and the next time I sang with President Kennedy was at the Arlington National Cemetery for Veterans Day. Wow. And that was like, what, two, three weeks before his assassination. Wow. And he was on stage, we sang, on, he was on stage with us, we sang, and he presented, you know, his Veterans Day uh, uh, speech, whatever yep. it was. Cool. Wow. So, I, I mean, I remember when you first told me about that. That was fascinating. What Other memories that kind of really stood out for you? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but... Well, we sang for a prayer breakfast for, I think, President Nixon, and uh, um, we sang at uh, the Supreme Court, the legislature, mm. different places yep. around. I mean, there were so many yeah. things like that. Well, like I say, I... We would have been there at different times, but I, I remember hearing the singing sergeants on the steps of the Capitol yeah. in in the summer. And I mean, Washington was just a great place yeah. to hear the military bands and choruses. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was the main main thing in in Washington. Yeah. Uh, once a week at uh, Capitol steps. Yep. With the Air Force band and the singing sergeants, and once a week at what was then the Watergate. A barge yeah. that was on the Potomac. Oh wow! Okay. And I think now they they perform maybe at the Jefferson Memorial, different places like that. The Watergate thing is not there anymore. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's cool. All right, we're going to take just a quick break, and then we'll come back and find out what happened musically next with Mr. Ron Oldman's. <laughs> Pastor Scott here with Ron Altman. So, Ron, you're with the Singing Sergeants in Washington, but is it just the Singing Sergeants that you're singing with in Washington? Uh, no, uh, most of us had uh, solo jobs at churches. Okay. Um, I sang in several different churches. I was a pretty good music reader, so directors would say, hey, we're doing uh, the Benjamin Britten War Requiem. Would you come and sing in the tenor section? Uh, that sort of thing. But um, I think my longest tenure was about five years at the Mount Vernon Place Methodist Church wow. as a soloist. And there we had to sing a solo once a month and sing in a quartet uh, just about every, every week. And then in the choir, of course, lead the tenor section in the choir. And uh, that's where right after the getting back to President Kennedy again, yeah. right after his assassination, um, our church was the one that was to have the Thanksgiving service, so hmm. President Johnson was in that service wow. that we sang for him there. That, that was a difficult time in our country. I, I, I mean, I, I'll admit I was a little younger, but I, it, it's, I can still remember uh, when Kennedy was assassinated, and I remember watching. I, I can still see on the black and white TV his casket being drawn by the horses in Washington. And so to be there at that time, 
pretty fascinating. We stood in line for eight hours to, wow. to walk past his casket in the, in wow. the Capitol building. Um, See, I, 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 and, and honestly, I didn't know you were in Washington that long. So. I was there for almost nine years. Wow, with the singing sergeants yeah. and then these other opportunities right. too. Right, uh, I sang in the Washington Opera Society and uh, uh, sang mostly chorus, a uh, little small role parts maybe, but um, the one I'm proudest of and like to brag about is singing uh, in the, the, the Greek chorus hmm. for Igor Stravinsky's Oedipus Rex. Wow. And and Stravinsky directed wow. the performance wow. and and the recording session, wow. so that's what I like to tell my musician friends. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, that's fascinating. So after D.C., where do you go? Okay, um, I applied and got into a graduate program back at the North University of North Dakota. Well, that's a logical place after Washington back to North Dakota. There I did go. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It uh, might be well, we, get, we might be the only two people in the world who've ever done it that way. I wouldn't be surprised. Why we get along. So, <laughs> so and I'm, I'm not making light of that obviously at all, but uh, tell us more about that. Okay, uh, I w was in that program. Uh, it was a year long program of internship to get a master's degree, which I did, and then got a job teaching music at, uh, at the Grand Forks Air Force Base. Okay, and I remember that for the listeners, uh, North Dakota had, uh, well, still has two Air Force Bases. I don't think, they're not nearly as large now as they used to be, like when you were there, I'm sure, uh, but at Grand Forks and then at Minot, North Dakota, and uh, both of them were homes to uh, some of the B-52s that would fly and be ready to fly in case there was some major conflicts. And uh, actually, the farm I grew up on, every once in a while, B-52s would come flying over. It seemed like 20 feet above our head because they were out doing their practice runs and that. And the missile fields. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that's fact, but they used to say if North Dakota seceded from the Union, they would have the third largest uh, missile uh, force in the world. It, it was true at one time uh, because each missile, and I know we're getting off track here, but <laughs> e each missile had 10 nuclear warheads on it. And so there was actually the closest missile to our farm was only about five miles away. Uh, the good news was is that we were well protected. The bad news was we were a target. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you were right there on the Air Force Base. And then, so your students were from all over the country. All over the all world, all actually. Over the world, yeah. uh, if you would ask a class of first graders, for instance, where were you born? It, it was all over the globe. Wow. You know, Italy, Germany, Spain, yep. France. You know, you name it. And so, what level were you teaching? I was teaching elementary music, oh. kindergarten through uh, sixth grade, and then uh, later kindergarten through fifth. Well, and. You folks listening, have, most of you probably have not had the privilege like I have. Ron will come in sometimes, and if our school has been in session, like I think during Lent when we have a midweek uh, Lenten service, Ron will start singing to the kids. And uh, it, it, it's fun to see a group of 80 kids go from very loud to very attentive. And you've got them in the palm of your hand when you do that. So you were a great teacher. Well, not necessarily, but... Um 
I'm glad not to be doing it now, let's put it that way, but, but uh, it had its wonderful moments. Yeah, that's great. Now, I, I think you were involved with church choirs then in Grand Forks, North Dakota too, right? I was. I, I got to do a lot of stuff besides teaching. Um, I was choir director at two, two different churches there, uh, one for eight, eight years and one for 12, I think. Wow. Um, and at the same time, I was doing a lot of, a lot of solo things, and uh, and the thing that we've talked about before, I sang the national anthem for the football, uh, university football team for 22 years. Uh, in probably very hot temperatures and very very cold temperatures. Very cold. Uh, yeah. The cold ones are the ones I remember because <laughs> hot there is not yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hot there would be our those of you in Las Vegas listening. Hot in North Dakota would be uh, about a very warm winter day here. <laughs> well, it could yeah, have to 80 or 90, as you know, yeah. but uh, that's still not, not bad, not compared yeah. to, I think I sang national anthem before football games when it was below, obviously below freezing, mm -hmm. and I think sometime below zero, wow. when the band could not play because their <laughs> instruments would freeze up. So you were a cappella. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, you could do that well. I'm not worried about that. So, how many years in Grand Forks? Uh, Roughly. From 1970 to uh, 2000. Wow. 30 years. 30 years. And I know you have a lot of contacts back there yet, mm -hmm. and obviously being involved in a couple different churches and in the school system and that too. And then Vegas after that? Uh, no. no? Uh, six years in Amarillo, Texas first. Okay. Uh, my wife at that time uh, went to visit relatives in Amarillo and uh, she gave me a call and said, I hope you were ready to move because I just took a job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I was, I was working uh, with the North Dakota Census at that time, so I said, well, I can't come until Census is done, and I did. Yep. So Amarillo. Isn't there a song about Amarillo? Uh, well, it's part of the, the highway, highway, what is it, highway 50? What is this? 66? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Route 66. It's on Route 66. I won't put you on the spot and have you sing it, but well, well, I, unless I'm you knew. I'm sure I could remember some of it. Uh, um, King, uh, Kingston, Barstow, San Bernardino. I remember those places. Huh? <laughs> well, and, and just because this is a podcast, we can do this, but uh, Route 66 does go through Kingman, and we've taken our son down, so because it ended up in, in the animated movie, The Cars, or Cars. Oh. So we had to show Parker that it really did exist and share some of the history with him. But again, we're off track a little bit. <laughs> we're gonna be right back in just a second, a quick water break here for Ron and I, and if you wanna pause, you can do that on the break as well. Well, Route 66 doesn't come to Las Vegas, but it's close. Is, is that what got you to Las Vegas, Ron? No, I would say more it was a good family friend that lived here. All right, all right. And, uh, so if I'm doing my math right, that was what, 2006? Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, and uh, my family and I had come and stayed with her at her house. She was like, like family to us, and... Uh, enjoyed being in Vegas anytime we came to visit her. Yep. So uh, when a divorce happened, I, uh, I ended up here. Right, well, 
lots of people end up in Las Vegas. We, I ended up in Las Vegas we, uh, twice, and uh, uh, by choice both times, and we love it here. So, and you know, obviously, I'm trying to remember how long you've been a good good Samaritan. It's it's at least ten years because I've been around like eleven, and you, I think you've been here the whole time I've been here. I find it hard to believe it's been that long, but yeah. it probably has. And most of that, you gave me a hard time because I didn't <laughs> sign up as a member. <laughs> yeah. Ron was checking us out for about 10 years. And, um, well, five. Yeah, anyway. Okay, okay. Uh, we did have one couple who beat you, though, because I think they'd been here 18 years. And, oh, okay. and then they joined, and now they've moved. But, uh, uh, and if you're listening in Iowa, you know who I'm talking about. So. Uh, but we do miss you. Um, you know, one of the things, and the people listening know, I mean, you're 83 years old. You sound, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a trained musician, but there is nothing I hear in your voice that would make me think if I didn't know you, you're 83 years old. Does that always work that way, or are you just blessed in that sense? Or? I consider myself blessed yeah. that I can do any of the things that I can still do. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially rollerblading. That too. <laughs> but I mean, uh, you're just so good. I mean, Ron, for those of you listening, Ron sings almost all the time at our 8.30 a.m. service, um, traditional service over the years. Many times helps out on at the Saturday night service. Uh, since the pandemic began this past spring, uh, last spring in 2020, um, Ron has been here once or twice, sometimes three times a week, helping us out with good news at noon. And, and I always know it's such a blessing to the, to the people that are listening. I see it in their comments or they tell me uh, and that too. So uh, where, now this isn't, this isn't plans. We're a little bit off the cuff here. Why do you do it? Uh, because I love singing, I guess. Um, I, I wouldn't want to be quoted, but in some ways this pandemic has been a blessing to me because I've been having to dig back and find, uh, find music to do at least a couple of solos a week. And uh, so I've dug up old hymns, as you know, and uh, had to learn some new things. And it's really kept me on my toes. And I've probably singing better than I have for years because yeah. I've had to keep doing it. Well, we're glad that we're forcing you to keep it going because <laughs> it's a blessing to a lot of people. Uh, and to me. Yeah, well, thank you. It's, you know, a couple of things I hear there, uh, for those of you listening. Uh, one, I hear, if you have a gift, keep using it. Um, and we're grateful that you do that. Uh, I mean, we preach that God gives us all gifts. Uh, but they don't do a lot of people much good if you don't use them. And um, the other thing I hear clearly is, uh, why stop? You know, a lot of people, you're 83 years old, you don't have to do this, but we're glad you do. Hmm. And, um, you know, so don't stop. I've given a gift, like my son asked me when I'm gonna retire, and I said, well, I, I'm gonna, I don't think at least till I'm 75. And I said, maybe long, well, why so long? And I said, because I, I, I think, if I have a gift, why not keep using it? And I see no retirement age in the Bible, so, uh, you know. Now, I'm not saying, don't, don't write me letters or emails saying that it's, it, there's nothing wrong with retiring. Ron's retired. 
but he hasn't stopped. There's a difference between doing nothing and being retired. And there are a lot of retired folks who are doing a whole lot, especially for the church and, and other organizations too. In fact, let's go there. It's not music related, but I, I believe one of the things you still do is deliver blood, right? Now, not your own. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I do that too. Yeah, okay. but, uh, uh, yes, I deliver Red Cross blood to the hospital in Kingman, Arizona once a week. It, what is it, Wednesday morning? That's right. So, I mean, you drive two, three hours one way and back? And it's um, yeah, about from when I leave home, it's about 225 miles. Wow, wow, yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing I know right now I don't believe it's happening where you've been driving cancer patients to appointments, but... I was until they stopped that yeah. because of the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, one day I was going in to visit one of our members who was in a rehab uh, facility and I walk in to go see her and Ron is standing at the front desk. I said, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I'm going to go sing to Blanche. And uh, that was not requested by the church. Uh, he was just doing it because that's what he does. And uh, we're just so grateful for you and all those things that you do in that way. What am I missing? Am I missing any music stuff that they should know about, the people that are listening right now? Oh, it's probably, probably giving them plenty to think about or <laughs> be bored with. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think they're bored at all. I just thought it would be fun, and I'm grateful, Ron, for this first, uh, this first kind of uh, show, if you will, in our podcast. Because, like I said, this isn't a conversation we can do on Sunday morning at church. We can't really do it on our Good News at Noon, but we can do it on a podcast. And uh, thank you, in a sense, for being a guinea pig. Uh, I appreciate that. But I, I hope those of you who are listening to who either know Ron personally or who worship with us at Good Samaritan, or maybe you're listening to this for the first time and um, you know want to just check out the church more, this place that he calls home and that he graces us with some of his music at. You can look on Facebook, but also at goodsamlv.com. Goodsamlv.com is our church website, and uh, you can see some uh, recorded messages there and Ron pops up on some of those like this coming weekend which is going to be October 11th 2020 uh, there's just two songs in our recorded service and you're one of them singing the 23rd Psalm and then after the sermon there's a contemporary praise song so we have different kinds of music and Ron's one of those people who is trained uh, I would assume classically basically and then you know but but is just able to, you know, sing gospel songs and, and, and kind of that wide repertoire, if you will, and we appreciate that so much about you. So Ron Oltmans, thank you for being with us today on the Good Sam Cast, the first interview uh, in the Good Sam Cast, and uh, we appreciate that so much. Well, thank you, and I had no idea what uh, I... Whatever we're called, uh, a podcast. A podcast. Yeah. I had no idea what a podcast was, but now I know. Well, you can add that to the list of your accomplishments. So. <laughs> That'll be a good, good thing. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. God bless you. This is the Good Sam Cast from Good Samaritan Church here in Las Vegas. GoodSamLV.com. This is Pastor Scott. Have a blessed day. Bye bye.
Gab did it for us again.